I hope you guys are having an amazing week so far. I hope November has been kind to you and it's almost over. Like <laughs> it's crazy how fast this year is going by, especially fourth quarter. It's like zooming on by, but make sure you stop and smell the roses. Don't be so focused or fixated on the plans you have for next year that you forget that today is still a viable day. This month is still a viable month and the rest of this year is still extremely viable. So don't don't write it off. I think I keep telling you guys that, but don't write it off. I have to remind myself too cuz you get excited for fresh starts and new things so much so that we sometimes forget the validity of the moment that we're in right now and how much it can still have to offer. So squeeze what you can out of 2019, squeeze what you can out of November and December. There's still a lot of juice left. (laughs) Um, I hope you guys had time to meditate on the words to live by for last week, which were learn to bump heads without cracking skulls and pretty much unhealthy conflict resolution isn't is very toxic but what I took in especially through this week is that it can also be very passive and oddly enough there's this I guess it's a twitter post um going around saying that you're not nice you just avoid conflict and (laughs) I was just like shake the table that I'm on because I feel that um sometimes we we look at talks like negative conflict resolution and toxic conflict resolution as that person who like fights and is very aggressive but it's also very toxic to be passive because what you're doing is harboring emotions that maybe you shouldn't and not relaying information to somebody that could potentially help them grow and what I found is that avoidance especially with conflict is is nice in the short run because you're not dealing with it but what happens is that there's usually a gigantic destructive blowout where the things that you've been holding in for the past six to eight months that you haven't been saying will eventually boil over and the reaction that will be given because of the frustration that's been harbored will be so much bigger than the one situation that activates it pretty much the straw that breaks the camel's back like You'll be like, how could a piece of straw break the camel's back? But the camel's been holding so many pieces of straw and barely functioning so much so that it's one tiny thing that will maybe have a catastrophic reaction. And you don't want to be that person. You don't want to be the person who who is so quiet, so nice, so nice, and then goes crazy because it, it, it takes people off guard and it throws them off. So it's very important to learn healthy conflict resolution in whatever way it applies to you because not all of us are very reactive and in in the sense that when there's a conflict we lash out and we fight back some of us are are super quiet and we kind of don't like conflict so we go into ourselves and avoid it in any way we can but either way healthy conflict resolution is an essential human life adulting skill you're going to need it when you're working with those co-workers and you have to learn how to put that as per my previous email instead of are you blind are you dumb did you not see what i said (laughs) or dealing with relationships where you're maybe in the honeymoon phase and everything's cute and sweet but so you don't want to maybe ruffle feathers but it's important and i feel that when we learn how to deal with conflict 
in a positive and healthy way, it makes it so much easier and conflicts and issues or points of contention don't seem so big and scary because we know that we have a handle over it. It's more so when we don't know how to deal with conflicts that it gets very scary for us to deal with them. And that's when we start to avoid or or that's when it becomes a very toxic situation. So yeah, life skills for the end of this decade to take into 2020 and the rest of your life is healthy conflict resolution. So I'm going to get right into our talk for this week. And this week we're going to be talking about rest. So I know I've spoken about rest and how I'm part of the international or domestic nap community. I take resting very seriously. Um, and it's really important to me because if I'm tired, I'm not functioning at the level that I need to be. But I was speaking with a friend and he said, uh, he was studying and he said that he wanted to take a nap, but he didn't know if he deserved it. And like, this was trigger to me, like nap committee president. And just the fact that our relationship with rest and sleeping and relaxing and taking the time we need for ourselves is something that's extremely messed up and distorted. Um, I find that especially in Western society, I'd say other cultures, maybe not so much like there's rest, like even I believe in Spain, they have like siesta where things legit close down for people to go get rest in the middle of the day. Like I wish, I wish guys that in a corporate job, they'll be like, oh, okay, two o'clock siesta and everything closes down for us to go take a nap. Like that's how important it is to me. But in the society we live in, that's not what it's like. It's more so if you sleep more than five hours, you're slacking because some people are up making that money or grinding or hustling or whatever they're doing. So I find that the fact that lack of rest is so deeply embedded into our society really distorts the way that we react to people and ourselves with regards to rest. So um, I have five topics that I'm going to talk about with regards to this. It's things that I've noticed. Some are tips. Some are just things that I've noticed and I thought that we could just talk about and that it could maybe shed light and maybe help you see yourself and others and the way they are interacting with rest, whether it's positive or negative in a different light and just help us be better. And maybe when you guys are done listening to this, you should just take like a 10 minute break and close your eyes for a bit and relax because I told you to, and maybe you'll understand why by the time I'm done. So the first thing is that rest should not make you feel guilty. And I find that this is one of those things that people go through even my friend saying that he doesn't feel, know if he deserves rest rest there is no reason well actually there sh there might be some potential reasons why rest might elicit guilt like if you you've been doing nothing all day and you know you have a lot of stuff to do and then you decide to go to bed without accomplishing your goals but then that's a little different right but what i find is that people who sleep feel guilty when they sleep eight hours or they'll be like, Oh, I slept so long and I feel bad about it. But rest is a normal function of life. It's actually a necessary function of life. When you think of shows and like CIA or like 
neg um shows about cartels or anything like that one of the major torture devices or torture tools that people use is sleep deprivation because it's that important so why are we now gonna feel guilty for doing something that our body needs which essentially means that we feel better or more accomplished when we're torturing ourselves by denying our bodies what it needs like it's one thing to just want to sleep for the sake of sleeping or just lay around in bed all day when you know you have things to do but it's another thing to be tired and not feel like you deserve to sleep your body's telling you you're tired for a reason it's it's i feel like our relationship with sleep and food should be on the same like wavelength in terms of like the psychological repercussions like when people are physically hungry and they don't eat and it turns into a disorder like anorexia or bulimia or anything we take that very seriously we we're like why aren't you eating your body needs food to survive but in terms of rest we don't we don't take it like that we don't we kind of take it more lightly and we even commend and and pat people on the back and congratulate them for being able to to not do a uh necessary action in their life to hit whatever goals are necessary or whatever goals are being perceived at the time. So rest is extremely important and there's no reason why well, no reason for the most part. Let me I always got to put brackets because there's always those outliers where you're doing the wrong thing and maybe you should feel guilty about getting rest one night. But in the long term, there's no reason why you should feel guilty for taking some time out to give your body what it needs to function because if you don't you're torturing yourself. The second point is that if you feel tired you do deserve rest. And this just goes right back to the conversation that I had your body is telling you something. And are you going to listen? That's pretty much just what it is. If you're hungry, do you eat for the most part? Yes, if your stomach is growling, are you going to eat? Yes. If your mouth is dry, are you going to hydrate? Yes. So, if your body is tired and you physically feel exhausted or the need to rest, you should rest. Like it doesn't I don't understand why we've turned sleep into something that it shouldn't be. Rest isn't a reward for work it's a reward for living <laughs> and if you're still alive and kicking there is then you deserve rest point blank period i don't know how else to put it i don't know how to elongate it that's that's just it so the third point that i found and this is one that really likes um like grinds my gears and that i hear a lot being tired isn't a competition and i find that in the society you have to prove why you're deserving of the rest that your body needs to function regularly and it's one of those things where sometimes people try to one you up on the level of rest like you could say oh i'm so exhausted i i want to take a nap and they're like oh what have you been doing i'm like oh i just um i went to work they're like oh i work 40 hours i mean i work 80 hours a week or i have 10 kids or I just ran a marathon and point like being honest, I don't care. <laughs> like um I don't need to and you guys don't need to justify why you're deserving of the rest that you you need. It's it's your body. If somebody can 
raise 10 kids, be up at seven in the morning, wash dishes, do laundry, go to work, run a marathon, come back, make dinner, and then go to bed at 11 p.m. And I can sit at home, work from, from my bed, maybe do some exercise and I'm tired. I'm just as justified as that person to get whatever amount of rest I deem necessary for my body to live. And um, especially I find that in the corporate world, the whole issue of rest and exhaustion is seen as a competition. Like if you say, oh man, I'm so tired, I'm gonna get home and rest. Like, oh, wait till you have kids. I'm I'm still gonna be tired then, but that doesn't <laughs> that doesn't change the fact that at this moment I'm still tired and I deserve rest in whatever way I can. So please don't compete with your tiredness or try to one up people. And this goes both ways. Like I'm talking about people trying to justify why I don't deserve rest, but sometimes we find ourselves doing it too. Like you'll see someone laying on the couch and be like, Oh, why are you tired? What have you done all day? nothing, but I'm still tired and they still deserve the right to feel what they feel and, and get the rest that their body needs in whatever way it can. So the fourth point that I found is that being rested makes you better for all the people you're attached to. And this is something that I think is very important because sometimes we feel like avoiding, avoiding rest and like pushing our bodies to the limit to meet whatever obligations that are around us that we have is the best outlet or the best means of doing what we need to do. But when you are actually rested, you can do those things much better and much more, um, much more efficiently. Like for me, when I'm tired, I make way too many mistakes and anything I'm doing, the, the amount of times I'll have to redo things or the slowness that will come to my mind when I'm trying to think or problem solve is just way more because my brain is just tired and my body is just tired and I get lazy and sloppy because I'm not working at my best level. So take that and put it into the workforce. Take that and put it into your family life. Take that and put it into your relationship. No matter where you are, the more rest you have, the more benefit you'll be to those people and also to yourself because if it's going to take you longer to do something because you, you're not well rested or you're not giving yourself the breaks that you need, why not take the time that it would take you to redo all the mistakes that you're going to make and rest so that you can only do things once and be successful, which will in the long run boil down to the same amount of time because all these little mistakes that we start to make when we're tired or delirious because of our lack of sleep really do start to add up. And with regards to um, work and the corporate life and rest, I found that this is one of those things where, well, one of the places where society kind of um, breeds us to not know the importance of rest. When I worked in um, corporate I was commuting two hours each way, give or take, like between an hour and a half to two hours, more if there's like an accident on the road or something like that. And being, I used to commute, so I didn't drive. I took subways, I took trains, I took buses. And being around all these people really made me sick a lot. I would get the flu maybe every four to six weeks and it would be 
like serious, serious flu where I'd come in and I'd be sneezing and like destroying the whole office and drowning under Kleenex tissues on my desk. So initially when it first happened, I was very, I woke up and I felt like I'd been hit by a train, but I decided that I was still going to go to work because they need me, blah, blah, blah. Um, if I don't go, what's going to happen? Um, who's going to do my work? But then when I got there, I would not be able to do anything. I'd be sneezing like every, every three minutes I'd be sneezing uncontrollably. And another thing about it is that I would put my coworkers and the whole damn office at risk of catching whatever thing was currently tormenting my immune system. So it was, it was stressful for me to actually get up and get to work because then I have to commute through those trains and be exposed to more germs when I'm already battling something. When I got to work, I wasn't able to function because I felt like trash, horrible headaches, drowsy, running nose, just couldn't even speak to clients. And third, everyone around me was now like walking around with one of those SARS masks because <laughs> because they're scared that I'm going to get them sick. But And what I noticed is that whenever I would push myself to go to work, the duration of my sickness would be much, much longer than if I were to stop and just call them and be like, guys, I'm hit again. I'll see you guys in three to four days. So rest made me better. And rest not only made me better, but made everyone around me better because they weren't put at risk. And then me physically being a body there is not important when I'm actually not doing what I need to do. And one thing about working for people is that it's nice when when your agenda and their agenda are aligned. And that's when you're a good employee, when you're doing what you need to do, when your work is at a level justified to what they're paying you or above because it's usually above because we usually get paid below but that's a discussion for another day but the moment that your agenda and their agenda no longer is aligned they'll be more than willing to dump you for the sake of the growth of their company and when we deprive ourselves of rest necessary rest especially when you're sick and go into work or going to places when you physically know you shouldn't in hopes of being a team player, you're putting yourself at, at an unnecessary risk because in the event that you can no longer do what is required of you, they, that sentiment that you're holding and putting your body at, at a deficit to uphold will not be upheld on the other end. And it's just business. It's just math. Like it's not even the fact that you have horrible bosses or like it's just the structure of work. Are you going to continue to pay somebody to do a task when they're doing it subpar when you know that there's a lineup of people resumes ready to do it higher than what is even required or at least meet the threshold? The answer is no. So why now are we risking ourselves, risking our bodies to be somewhere when we know we physically shouldn't be when if the tables were turned that action may not be reciprocated and even if it was it's not you still don't owe it to anybody I I got to this place within myself where if I'm feeling unable to go to work I had no guilt about calling in and being like guys 
I'm down. <laughs> I'm down for the count. I'll see you guys when I see you, when I'm better and when I'm able. And I feel like a lot of people can't do that. There's people who even feel guilty taking their paid required vacations. And why is that? What are, What is it about rest and taking time for ourselves that seems like we're doing something grossly inappropriate or that brings this level of guilt? When we do take this rest, everyone around us benefits because I have to swirl back to the main point of this, what got me to talking about what I did, um, what I am talking about, but it's important that we really do realize the magnitude of what rest does for us and put it as a higher priority to certain things. Yes, if you're a parent and you are sick, but you have kids and you have obligations like that, I completely understand. I'm not telling you to tell your your two-year-old, oh yeah, go make your own bottle because, you know, mom or dad is down for the count. But when it comes to certain situations like work and things that you don't, you may you should not be as indebted to as your mind and society has has brainwashed us to be it's important to understand that there are times where you need to prioritize yourself because the moment you don't prioritize yourself and through that you fall off or you put yourself at a deficit to to prove your to prove to people that you're that you appreciate them or to be a team player when you become a lower level team player because of the fact that you're not getting rest, that same team that you've sacrificed everything for will dump you for somebody who will give them what they need at that time. So yeah, there's a meme about that too, that oh, all you people dying for your companies, if you actually physically die, your job will be up on like Indeed or the job boards the next day because business keeps going. So be your best self and understand that that is more of a benefit to people and yourself long-term than it is for you to sacrifice your rest and your peace to satisfy these people. It's it's just like two-sided and you'll kind of always lose. Um, the last point I have is that if you can't rest and you're having a difficult time being able to rest without feeling feelings of guilt or without just having too much on your mind and like the inability to wind down ever. Cause there are some people who literally can never wind down because they always feel like there's more that they could have done. I think it's important to ask yourself if you've accomplished what you've intended to accomplish. Cause the way I see it is that at the end of the night when it's dark and it's time for you to go to bed, whatever time it may be, when you reflect on the day or if you decide to reflect on the day and notice that you set out with certain goals and you've actually accomplished those goals it makes it a lot easier for you to for your body to rest but when you feel like there's so much stuff that you should have done that you didn't do it kind of winds you up and gives you anxiety or makes you disappointed in yourself in a way that you won't be able to actually rest So now with that being said, the question becomes, are these accomplishments that are making you feel anxious? Are they justified or not? Because sometimes we set these lofty goals for ourselves for the day, what we want to accomplish that we can never ever accomplish. And I think I've spoken about it in the past that I I write to-do lists every single day of what I want to accomplish. And if I see that every day I kind of only finish half, I have to ask myself, 
am I only finishing half because I'm slacking or am I only finishing half because half is what's realistic in the 16 hours that I'm awake minus my eight hours of sleeping (laughs) and maybe an hour of napping. But um, it's important that you really assess why you feel the way you do. And if the reason why you feel the way you do is because is justified because you're not putting in the work that you need to, then you need to start putting in the work you need to so that you can feel deserving of your rest. Because even though you shouldn't have to feel the need to deserve rest, when you don't feel the need to deserve rest, your body kind of fights against it and you won't be able to sleep well and everything. And if the goals you made are are unrealistic, then it might be time for you to readjust and set yourself up in a way where you can actually accomplish everything you can, which makes it easier for you to feel comfortable to wind down and get the rest that you need to survive in life so yeah I really hope that helps you guys and I hope that that puts things into perspective and that we we just take rest more seriously and we don't put it at the back burner like the grind is always going to be here money's always going to be here opportunities are always going to be there in one way shape or form it might not be the same one that was here yesterday it might come in a different with a different face but most of the things that we're depriving ourselves of rest for are still going to be there when we wake up the next morning. So get the sleep you need. Like responsibilities, hardly ever do you wake up the next morning and the responsibilities that you avoided are magically done by someone else. That's not the way life works. So (laughs) take, take your rest and take the time that you need and appreciate it. And then don't also be a snob. If someone, if someone is tired from doing much less than you do in a day who cares don't don't be let me use good words don't be mean to them or don't make them feel like they don't deserve their rest because we all have different bodies and different thresholds and we operate within that and if you can pull all-nighters and operate off of four hours of sleep and I can't and I still need my eight hours let me live and let me sleep (laughs) so yeah I'm just gonna get right into the words to live by for this week and wrap up this episode and the words to live by are stop weaponizing your gifts and this is something that really took me off guard um a few weeks ago I went out for dinner with a friend of mine Veronica and she's married and we were just discussing a bunch of different things and relationships and stuff along those lines and she she just said, oh, I have to remember not to weaponize my gifts. And I, I couldn't even let her finish before I had to write it in my phone because it's something that I found so mind-blowing in the fact that it's something that we don't think about. And essentially, what weaponizing your gifts means is that we take our talents and use them as a means of oppressing people at times sometimes subconsciously, sometimes on purpose. And it's important that the gifts and talents that have been bestowed to us are used wisely and that we don't take them and use them as a weapon to hurt or oppress other people. And an example of this is someone like me, for example, I am, I am super talkative and I'm very witty and I'm quick with responses and things like that. So much so that Sometimes when I'm having a conversation with somebody and they're kind of stuck on a word, I'm very tempted almost always to give them the word because I know, I know what you're trying to say. So like, let's just keep it going. And it's maybe also like a rush type of thing. 
Um, and it's important that I acknowledge and that we acknowledge that not everybody operates in the ways that we do and to give people the peace and the ability to operate in whatever ways they do and make them comfortable. So if you're somebody who is very talkative and you're in interaction with somebody who's very quiet, if you guys were to get into a fight or a disagreement, it's important to not just talk them to death because of the fact that you know that they don't have replies for you. Because yes, talking can be a gift, like what I'm doing right now or writing poetry or things like that. But in that in that instance, you're weaponizing it because you understand that they're weak in that spot and you're consciously or subconsciously using your strength in a point of their weakness to kind of oppress them. So what I want you guys to do for this week, your homework, is to just think about your gifts and how you may be weaponizing them. And if there are situations that you find yourself kind of pushing your gifts on people in a way that is not necessary or in a way that kind of diminishes them or makes them feel small, unseen, or unheard, try your best to maybe step back. And my main one is that whole interrupting thing. I'm so bad at it and I'm getting so much better. Like my sister will tell you, like when we're talking, she'll be like, you're interrupting me. And I'm like, oh my bad. <laughs> like once I get a thought, I get so excited and I just want to like interject in and I do it out of love because you're talking about something that's really like riling me up. So I want to be like, yeah, that just reminds me of this situation that I have just to like bring it into a connection place. But for somebody who's not like that, it can, it might be taken negatively. So it's important to step back and see how our gifts and our talents are affecting those around us in a positive way and in a negative way, because it can do both simultaneously. Like my gift of talking can help help somebody and hurt that exact same person depending on the situation you know so that's what i want you guys to look into this week how are you turning your gifts into weapons and see the best way to alleviate that so that you can give everybody a chance to flourish in the ways that they can even if it's not in line with what you do so thank you very, very much for listening. Have an amazing week. Send me a DM. Talk to me. I'm here to listen. I'm here to help. My book is still for sale. Please order a copy and get back to me with your thoughts and opinions. Have an amazing week and I'll talk to you next Wednesday. Bye.